Again, my name is Alex Barthet. I am a board certified construction attorney in Florida. And today we're gonna to talk about releases. Um, and we're gonna talk about the one thing that you absolutely need to make sure you check for in the next release that you sign, which may even happen today. I'll also give you some bonus tips um, on some other things to keep in mind. So with that, let's get started. So on today's agenda, um, we're gonna talk about releases and their various forms. I'm gonna show you what they look like and how they work. Um, I'm gonna talk about the one thing you need to make sure that is in every one of the releases that you sign um, so that you make sure you uh, protect yourself as best as possible. We're gonna talk about conditional releases also because that's obviously a very important component of exchanging releases. Um, so let's take a look at releases and what they look like and the various forms that they may come in. So the first thing that matters is, are you a GC? Are you a sub? Are you a supplier? Um, that's gonna dictate what the form of release should be. Um, the general rule is that you want to give a narrow release when you get a check and you want to get a broad release when you um, give a check. So for example, if you're a subcontractor and you're gonna pick up a check, you would like to give a narrow release, meaning you wanna give up the fewest rights as possible in order to get that check. The converse is also true. If I am a general contractor and I am giving a check to my subcontractor, I want them to give, give up all of the rights that they could possibly have in order to get that check so that I don't have to worry about other claims arising in the future. We're gonna look at what those releases look like um, so you have a better sense um, of it. But let's start with the basic releases. And those releases are the releases found in chapter 713, the lien statute. So here is the basic release upon progress payment. It's a very, very simple release. It has a few spots that you need to fill in information. So one of them is the amount of money that you're getting um, and the through date. We're gonna come back to this through date uh, in a bit because it's very, very critical. Um, it, it only gives up lien rights. Um, it doesn't give up any other rights, meaning you have lots of rights you have rights for change orders, extras, delays, um, you know, personal injuries, property damage, and lien rights. A lien release tailored consistent with the statute, the lien statute only gives up lien rights. So you would still retain all of those other rights. Let's take a look at the release upon final payment. You'll notice it has a spot for the amount of money you're getting, but what's interesting is it has no through date. Um, and the reason that's important is that it's effective as of the day you sign it. Meaning, if I pick up a lien, a check today, and I sign a lien release today that has no through date, I am giving up all of my lien rights through and including today. So if I was to, if I were to pick up a check through the end of May, and I signed a lien release that had no through date, and I signed it today, the effective date of that release is today, meaning I just gave up all of my rights after May. So June, 
uh, and July. So you have to be very careful. That, and again, we're going to talk about the through date in a minute. So we looked at the two statutory lien releases. Let's take a look at this one. Now, the first thing you can see about this release is that it has a lot more words. Um, and as a general rule, the more words that the lien release has, the more likely it is that you are releasing lots more rights than just lien rights. So let's take a look at this one. This one has a release for $10. We'll talk about that in a minute. But look at all of the things that you're releasing with this lien release. Not only are you releasing lien rights and rights to claim a lien, but you're also releasing any and all claims, change orders, works, materials, delays, fees, costs, losses, expenses, damages. It's a whole litany of things that you're giving up. This is what lawyers would call a general release. You're giving up pretty much all of your rights through this through date. So this form of release is a partial release because it has a through date. So if I put May um, 30th uh, as the through date, what I am doing in this release is I am giving up all of my rights that I could possibly have through that through date. Um, so you have to be very careful. Now, this release, if you notice, the last two sentences also include additional statements. So not only are you giving up certain rights, but these last two sentences um, make affirmative representations about certain things. So it says the undersigned further warrants that all work and materials supplied by, through, or under it fully comply with the applicable contract documents. So not only are you giving your right, giving up your rights, but you're going to verify every month that those lean that 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 your work complies with all of the contract documents. It goes on. This release does not release, I'm sorry, it's the, the sentence above. The undersigned warrants and represents that it has paid all bills and sums due to any and all suppliers, persons, employees, agents, and contractors working under or through the undersigned through and including the date listed above. So not only are you saying that your work complies with the contract, but it says that you have paid everybody. So be careful when you sign releases because not only are they, they may be giving up rights, you may be giving up your rights in exchange for that payment, but you may be making affirmative statements. What we find is that when contractors are in a hurry to exchange uh, money for a release, they believe that the release is just this ministerial act. I sign these papers, I get my check, I don't have to think about it again. Um, we have won many cases because people have signed releases that they probably shouldn't have. We currently have a case going on right now um, where we represent a developer and the contractor signed a lien release um, that gave up their rights to over a million dollars worth of their claim. Um, and that issue is being heavily litigated now because they claim that that release uh, should have never been executed, even though it was executed by their president. Um, I think it's going to be a tough uh, road for them to hoe to support that. But that gives you an example of how important these release documents are. You should not just take them for granted. You should read them and you need to understand them before you execute them. So let's revisit the, the general rules 
of the game here, best practices. Um, how do you deal with these releases? If you agree to a form of release that is in your contract or your contract says something like you agree to sign a form of release that's acceptable to the general contractor or to the owner or to the subcontractor, you may be bound to use that form. So what do you need to do when you negotiate the contract that you're about to sign and you look at the scope of work and the price and the schedule, you also need to look at the legal terms that are in the agreement. And you need to make sure that if there are release forms that are an exhibit to the contract, that you include any changes to those release forms so that you have the right to be able to um, use a different form if that's what you want. So let's talk about the one thing that you absolutely need to do and check every time you sign a release. And that is you need to match the through date with the dollars that you're getting. This sounds incredibly simple. We see clients make this mistake routinely. The through date is the effective date of your release. So remember, if your release has a through date, you're also going to have a date that you sign it. If it has no through date, then the day you sign it is the date that it is effective and that becomes the through date. The through date will always control over the payment amount. Let me explain what this means. And this is where most of our clients um, that come to us with an error realize that they made the mistake. The through date is the date in the release that I showed you. If you are expecting a $50,000 check that gets you paid for the month of May, and when you show up to pick up the check or they send you a copy of the check, and you're only gonna get, they're only gonna pay you $30,000. You have a problem. You know that you did $50,000 worth of work in the month of May. If they wanna release through the end of May and they're only gonna give you $30,000, you need to either change the amount of money that you're getting, tell them I can't accept 30,000 because I did $50,000 worth of work in May, or you need to change the through date. So maybe $30,000 gets you through the 14th of the month or the 4th of the month or the 26th of the month of May. Whatever that through date is, that's the through date that needs to be in the release if you're only getting, in my example, the 30,000. Here's where the, the problem occurs. You've done $50,000 worth of work. You're only gonna get $30,000 as a check and you sign a release that is through the end of the month of May a dispute occurs in the future over the accounting and you say, well, I only got 30,000. So clearly that other 20,000 must be coming later. The problem is, is that the through date will control over the payment amount such that if you gave up all of your rights for $30,000 through the end of May, a court will uphold that as the effective date of the release, meaning you made the business decision to take 30,000 instead of 50,000 to release your rights through the end of May. A judge after the fact is not likely going to change that fact for you. So you have to be very careful about that. Um, and as I said, if they don't match, you need to change one or the other or both so that they do match. 
So what about conditional releases? Um, a conditional release is a release that is expressly conditioned upon payment. Um, so here's a sample conditional release sentence you can write into your releases. You can handwrite it, you can get a stamp made for it, um, whatever you'd like to do, but you need to add conditional language to your release if you are giving someone a release and you're not getting money at the moment. So the sentence is, notwithstanding anything to the contrary, this waiver and release is conditioned upon and not effective until the undersigned, rec undersigned receives paid funds of blank. So if you're expecting a $50,000 check in the month of May and they want your release now in order to fund your May payment, then you need to make sure that that release is conditional on you actually receiving the money. Because if you give someone a release and they pass that release on um, to the owner, for example, and you never get your money, you will, and I know this is hard for a lot of people to imagine, you will lose your lien rights. Um, there are a few cases in the state of Florida in which a court has held that when an innocent owner or contractor having no reason to know that you didn't get your money receives an unconditional, an unconditional release, um, and it funds against that unconditional release, then you will no longer have lien rights on that amount of money. Um, so you need to be very careful that if you are giving someone a release that, uh, and you are not immediately receiving a check in, in exchange, that that release be conditional. And again, you can make it conditional by adding this language. Uh, be careful, sometimes we see releases that are titled conditional release of lien, and when you look at the document, it has no conditional language. That will not be a conditional release. So the fact that it's titled conditional but doesn't have conditional language does not make it a conditional release. Um, and you have to be very careful that the amount of money that you're putting in the release is not $10. So if you're expecting a $30,000 check, the conditional release needs to be in the amount of the check you're actually receiving. So it has to be a $30,000 release, not a, not a $10 release. Thank you very much, everyone, for your time. I appreciate it.